This is the news on Radio 191 FM. Ahi ahi. These are your Radio 1 Te Reo Irirangi Kotahi news headlines for Rahina, May 2nd. Ko Aileen tēnei. The OUSA SGM held last Friday saw the annual remuneration received by Te Ropu Māori Tumuaki and Pacific Island Students Association President increased from 1,275 per annum to 5,300 per annum. The policy passed amongst a raft of other motions put forward by the sign-up club, none of which passed. The increased remuneration reflects the many responsibilities of the two roles. Karamea Pefairangi, Tumuaki of Teropu Māori said the role of Tumuaki within OUSA has not previously been clear and that the pay increase reflects the amount of work done by the Tumuaki. Throughout the years, um, our roles within Teropu Māori and OUSA are not clear when you sign up um, to do these roles and the, the amount of work that you have to do um, not only within Teropu Māori but also um, within OUSA, um, it's quite a lot. When asked about the workload of the role, Karamea said the nature of the work meant it was hard to put a time stamp on it, but likened it to a full-time job. It's constant, it's 24 hours, it's not from 9 to 5, it's 24 hours, so um, we're required to do 15 hours with internal commodity and 5 hours within AUSA, but then on top of that we're required to study and we're also required to work. Melissa Lama, president of the Pacific Island Students Association, shared Karamea's sentiment saying both roles provided pastoral care in a capacity not provided by the university. It's really hard to put monetary value on things that are valuable or are rich to our cultures because if you look at the current institution we're in, there is no proper measurement to what we do. Um, so I guess that's why I don't want to constantly have to um, give cultural advice and knowledge because I feel like that should, in 2021, we should really have that, but yeah. Last week, Rosa Hibbert Schooner, Tumuaki of Te Akatoki, which is Canterbury University's Māori Students Association, resigned over pay inequality. As Tumuaki, she received 1,600 per annum, compared to 5,200 received by other executive members. The University of Canterbury Students Association said that Tumuaki received lower pay as Te Akatoki committed to only two hours of meetings a week. Rosa shared the perspective of Karamea and Melissa, saying that a lot of work done by Te Akutoki goes unrecognised, and that until the work of the organisation is adequately recognised and valued, they would not be refilling the role. UCSA is required by constitution to have a representative of Te Akutoki on board, and as such has agreed to increase pay for Te Akutoki representatives. All motions at last week's OUSA SGM were put forward by the sign-up club, and included OUSA holding a second Hyde Street party and sign-up club members being able to cut the line at pint night. Several more motions were on the agenda, but after the chair ruled the motion regarding pint night unconstitutional and the OUSA executive said a second Hyde Street was unlikely as approval would be needed from external associations such as the police and St John Ambulance, the remaining motions were withdrawn by the president and vice-president of sign-up club. Reid, president of sign-up club, said the SGM showed the power held by both OUSA and the student population. It obviously did not go to our expectations, but, you know, I think uh, we'll get them next time. I hope it's a message to everyone else if, you know, there's a big group of people that want something done, you know, it can be done. An external conflict resolution team has been brought into Victoria University of Wellington's Te Puni Village 
following a letter from residents which alleges that the Hall of Residence has failed to act upon allegations of sexual misconduct within the college. Te Puni Village is operated by private accommodation company Campus Living Villages. The letter alleges that the management of the residential college have a, quote, absence of transparency and action, and that sexual assault allegations have not been dealt with appropriately. The letter alleges that this constitutes a breach of residence contracts, specifically referencing the agreement of the university to create a safe environment and community within the college. The letter says that policies regarding sexual harm within the college need to change, that the management of Teponi should be more transparent, and calls for background checks on residents in regards to sexual harm and misconduct. The letter comes at the same time as the alleged kidnapping, assault and robbery of a student from Teponi last Tuesday. Three men, who are not residents of the college, have been met with upward of 20 charges for the incident. According to police, the three gained access to the hall using a stolen swipe card. In regards to the allegations made towards Tepuni Village Management and Victoria University of Wellington, the university says an investigation has begun into the allegations and into the college's processes in regards to the complaints. The university says that at this point, it looks as though due processes have been taken by the Hall of Residence. Vice-Chancellor of Victoria University, Grant Guilford, says he believes the students who wrote the letter were not entirely aware of the ongoing investigation, and that at this stage, he believes the staff at Tepuni have acted appropriately. 750 students currently use the peer note-taking service offered by Disability Information and Support at Otago University a system well regarded both by students who use it and other universities around the country. But inconsistencies across university departments in the provision of lecture notes and recordings remains a barrier to students with learning disabilities. The peer note-taking service is used by half of the students assisted by disability information and support. Students who supply notes are paid $6.50 per set of notes with the service accounting for $90,000 of Disability and Learning Support's $480,000 equity budget. Under the system, students who supply notes are anonymous to the recipient and vice versa. Melissa Letherby, Manager of Disability Support, says the system is well regarded by other universities in New Zealand, two of whom have adopted the university's system. Two other universities who have rolled out our model purely because they were spending over half of the equity funding just on notes. Um, all of our funding in this particular service, you can you can see there's an actual tangible support that goes to students rather than lots of costly um, additions to the service. So what we're finding is um, it's a smarter way to provide note taking and it actually is meeting student need, plus it's actually also um, working for students who are taking the notes because they are receiving that nominal fee mm. for, for doing that. Georgia, a fourth-year student who has been receiving notes via the peer note-taking service since being diagnosed with dyslexia in her third year, says the notes she receives are detailed and comprehensive, making a significant difference to her studies. Prior to her diagnosis, which allowed her to access the peer note-taking service, she found lectures overwhelming to attend, saying she would leave them, quote, frustrated that she had missed content, rather than being able to think critically about what she had just learnt. However, Georgia finds it frustrating that the university is not consistent across departments as to materials provided to students, which she says puts students with disabilities at a disadvantage. In some papers, lecture recordings are only made available to students due to illness or similar circumstances, and others are not recorded at all. 
Georgia says making lecture recordings available to students with disabilities would, quote, put people on a level playing field. Georgia's sentiment is echoed by OUSA Welfare and Equity Representative Maya Palashik, who says that whilst lecturers are afforded a certain level of academic autonomy, this should not result in disabled students being put at a disadvantage. Although I can understand the autonomy, I do think that uniformity is quite important because I don't think it's fair to limit people who have particular disabilities to a specific, like, a specific department. Um, everyone should be able to take any, any paper they, they need to take for their degree. Um, yeah, I think it's a shame that it's not uniform. You can read the full story in this week's issue of Critic Te Arohi. A dedicated space for queer students at Otago University, which has been in the works since 2018 and was initially meant to open towards the end of April this year, is facing further delays in opening and is unlikely to be available to students before the semester ends. Critic Te Arohi reports. The space is intended to provide both a physically safe gathering space and sense of community for queer students at the university. Property Services Division Acting Director Graham Marshall says the space should still be usable at the end of the month, but OUSA President Michaela Waite-Harvey told Critic that there is still significant work to be done on the space and that it cannot open until the work is finished. She said OUSA is meeting with Property Services to discuss the delays. At present, barriers preventing the queer space from opening include a wall blocking a sprinkler and certain features specifically requested by OUSA, which have not been installed, such as frosted doors and dimmer light switches. Some features proposed by OUSA are not yet clear to the student population, such as swipe card access to the room, which has raised questions as to how students would gain access and who would be eligible. Currently, queer support can be accessed through OUSA student support. And that was the news with Te Reo Irirangi Kotahi Radio 1. Now, time for the weather. The Radio 1 91FM weather. Today looks to be nice, with a high of 18, sunshine and light winds. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 20 degrees and a sunny morning, with some cloud in the afternoon and northwesterly winds.